Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. The mask mandates and the culture war. I mean, the truth is they go hand in hand. You look at how the nation is divided on the idea of whether or not to wear masks, on whether or not to vaccinate. You take a look at the things that Joe Biden says about you if you're not vaccinated. Will you require all federal employees to get vaccinated? That's under consideration right now, but if you're not vaccinated, you're not nearly as smart as I thought you were. If you're not vaccinated, you're not nearly as smart as I thought you were. If you don't know whether to vote for me or Trump, then you ain't black. It's all part and parcel of exactly who Joe Biden has always been. Not a moderate. But when you tell people they have to get a vaccine and then they don't have to wear a mask and they get a vaccine, they're going to live. And that what we have now is nothing more than a pandemic of the of the unvaccinated. And then say to them, oh, yeah, well, now you got to wear a mask as well. You remove any faith. You create skeptics even where you didn't have them. And you create yourself an issue for 2022. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. 833, got Tony, 833-468-8669. Noah Rothman joins us right now from Commentary Magazine. He's also a contributor at NBC. His latest at MSNBC, of all places, new COVID mask mandates could backfire for Democrats, Noah, this is a, maybe the understatement of the year, but I want to get into this polling that you were looking at that shows that mask mandates are popular. Who was saying that, and what's your take on it? Well, apparently they're extremely popular. I mean, if you if you really want to settle into the feedback loop that people who support every COVID mitigation strategy imaginable settle into... You have plenty of evidence to affirm your, your pre-existing opinion, among them a, a, a poll produced by The Hill and uh, c- conducted by Harris X that was released last week that showed a full 74 percent of Americans support reissuing mask mandates, quote, if there's a spike in your area. Closer look at that poll suggests that it doesn't make a whole lot of sense that 71 percent of independents, for example, nearly a mirror image of the population, agree, and almost 6 in 10 Republicans agree with the premise which should set off some skeptical skepticism, alarm bells on your part. Maybe they mean I, st- I stipulate in this piece. Maybe they mean by your area. They really meant your area, not their own. In part because we have other polling from places where mask mandates have been reimposed. Places like Los Angeles that preceded the CDC announcement by the better part of a week, a little more than a week, um, where it's much more evenly split. A plurality do support the resumption of mask mandates, but only 49 percent. Whereas uh, something to the tune of 38, 39 percent disagree and another 10 percent just aren't sure. Um, my intuition there is that the opposition has more room to grow, in part because this has been our lived experience for the better part of the last 18 months. The notion here that you have you'll generate more support for mask mandates, particularly if Scott Gottlieb is right. and We're at the closer to the end of this wave than the beginning. Uh, I think there's more room for opposition to grow, now especially because these aren't likely to work. 
Now let's get it. We'll get into the working in a second, but let's go back to the Scott Gottlieb part. This is this has been he's been talking, and this has gone under the radar. I think it's incredibly important. So Scott Gottlieb used to run the FDA. I'm actually not a Scott Gottlieb fan because of his position on cigars, but his. His talking point has been this Delta wave, this Delta variant that comes out of India, the one that's supposed to be highly transmissible but not necessarily leading to deaths, as we've seen the split, the decoupling in the U.K. and other places, that we are through it, and it's got about another couple of weeks, and then it'll be gone. How? Where is he getting that data from, and does that change the equation for people, or are we much more into the politics of this than the science of this? I can't tell you where Scott Gottlieb is generating that data, what he's basing that assumption on. I can tell you what data he's not predicating that assumption on, which is data surrounding breakthrough cases. Why? Because we're not collecting it. We don't have it. It doesn't exist. Um, Where the assumption here is that the CDC is operating on is based on new science, according to um, Rochelle Walensky. And I have no reason to disagree with her because I don't have access to her data. But the CDC yesterday produced a document saying that transmission rates among the vaccinated are extremely low. The likelihood that you will contract this disease, which means contract it, incubate it, and produce the hypothetical threat that's justifying these mandates, which are new mutations, um, is, is vanishingly low among the vaccinated. The threat is among the unvaccinated, transmitting this disease among each other. Now, they're freely, they will freely admit this. But we've reached the point at which the unvaccinated are an unreachable population for that public health bureaucracy. There's nothing they can say or do that will that will reach them at this point. They're not listening. They're not gettable. So what they're talking about now, are, or who they're talking to are the people that they know they can reach, which are primarily the vaccinated. And so creating this masking mandate will cocoon them in something approximating what they believe to be safety. Meanwhile, creating the conditions for which when, when, when certain businesses, for example, don't observe these new mask mandates, and in Los Angeles, for example, there is no enforcement mechanism. Law enforcement has said we're not going to lift a finger to enforce this. The unvaccinated will seek out venues where they can do what they feel is, is comfortable, which is avoid masking. We're essentially herding the unvaccinated into, into places without any mitigation strategy in place where they can transmit the virus amongst each other and segregating the vaccinated population when we should be doing the precise opposite. This pop, this policy has the potential to completely undermine the profound progress we've made in this country towards herd immunity. Talking to Noah Rothman, Commentary Magazine, Commentary.org, a contributor, uh, both on NBC and MSNBC, his piece at MSNBC.com, new COVID mass mandates could backfire for Democrats. I want to go back to something you said just to make sure I've got that correct. We hear about breakthrough cases all the time. You hear Dr. Fauci talk about breakthrough cases, and this is uh, the idea of breaking through uh, the, the vaccine. You're telling me that there is no collection methodology about what happens to these people who get COVID even after vaccine? Well, we have reporting on this, but it's not as though there's there's a CDC uh, effort to accumulate this data and centralize it and, and create a reporting database on it. At least that's what Scott Gottlieb is saying. He's saying we're, we're essentially mo- you know, monitoring this through a series of anecdotes, through hospital reports, um, which is not to say it doesn't exist. It's just to say that we don't have a fine-tuned accounting of what these case numbers actually are. Um, the data that we do have suggests it's it's really low, vanishingly low, but we don't have a firm 
number on it. So we can say it's low, but we can't say precisely how low. Now, this all ties in, I think, to a piece that you actually put out in June, Joe Biden Culture Warrior. And how there's been this conversation about, uh, you know, the right is desperate for a culture war, but but Joe Biden, he just doesn't offer uh, that uh, opportunity for the political right. These masks, this mask conversation, regardless of the conversation you're having about how you you may be creating a, a more serious health issue and that we have been having success in terms of vaccines, even if it goes slower than some people like, some people take a little more convincing and there's no desire to convince you'd rather attack and people, I should say, not you, people would rather attack and destroy based on their politics. We have turned COVID into the culture war. Vaccines are culture, masks are culture, and this very much, as you write about, is a Joe Biden place to be. I'll tell you where it dovetails, where the precisely the theme dovetails. In that piece, Joe Biden Culture Warrior, which was published in the June issue of Commentary, um, is that Democrats and Joe Biden do engage in culture warring. Equity is a culture war. Expanding unionization through legislation is a culture war. The infrastructure plant, social infrastructure, you know, metaphysical infrastructure, that was all culture warring. It only becomes culture warring to the press when Republicans notice and resolve to do something about it. Then, oh, Republicans are obsessed with culture warring. So if as this relates to masking, you have seen something of a culture around masking as a um, a, a cultural signifier, uh, an indication of your personal political preferences, your partisan affiliation, tribal affiliation, that has become a thing. It has only become a culture war when Republicans notice. Republicans notice that it has become a cultural signifier, say, wait, that's a cultural signifier, and then the press goes, ah, oh, here they go again, making a culture war out of masking. What a tragedy. They're, they're making such a culture war issue out of this thing that should be totally nonpartisan. And yet all they did was notice. So yeah, there is sort of sort of a parallel there. You're you're I think that's a, a very good observation. The idea that they notice and the noticing and very often you'll see this uh, in the press when they when Republicans respond, the the joke line is Republicans pounce or Republicans seize on something that happened uh, on the political left. But let's discuss exactly where this mask mandate nonsense, we heard it now from uh, the Speaker, from Speaker Pelosi, that it's required on the House floor, it's required within the House chambers. We hear that it's going to be happening in the White House. Of course, the recommendation from the CDC that K-12 through schools all have masks regardless of, of any uh, ma- vaccination status. Where do we think this culture war goes? Because there are plenty of parents who certainly want to fight their school if they decide to go down this road, but they're going to have to ask themselves, am I about to homeschool my kid again, or am I going to send them back and force them to wear this thing? So where do we think this culture war is going? Well, uh, in in insofar as I stipulate that this is a risk for, for Democrats politically, is that if Scott Gottlieb is right, and if we are uh, approaching the crest of this wave now, and it will be well on the downswing in September, which by no means is a given. I don't want to stipulate that that's going to happen. It could happen. But if it does, and all these mitigation measures are in place, again, for the vaccinated, to prevent infections among the vaccinated, um, and we're lucky enough to avoid exacerbating this wave by hurting, as I said, the unvaccinated amongst each other, um, then what, who's to say that the, that 
the public is going to accept that, is going to say, well, this is a necessary mitigation measure because uh, everything they've been hearing out of their public officials, up to and including people like my governor in the state of New Jersey, Governor Murphy, who has been saying people have had it. He's telling the press this. People are fed up and using his words that they're done with this. They're tired of it. They're over it. This is this is people in a deep blue state who have no more tolerance for these sort of measures, particularly because they've done the right thing. The state is over 70 percent vaccinated. We've reached the threshold that we were trying. We were told would be the point at which we could relax these these emergency measures. But the emergency measures will persist. Who's to say that voters will be inclined to reward politicians who have presided over what could only be objectively described as failure? Voters don't reward failure. They don't turn out in droves to support failure. The only people who's to, who are energized to vote in that condition are the people who recognize failure as unacceptable. Yet we have governors and and others who are more than willing to turn a blind eye because the the they're taking the bet that it won't affect them. I mean, if, 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 if Biden at all, right, really thought this would affect them in a midterm, they wouldn't go down this road, even with the CDC making recommendations that they may not have anything to do with. Yeah, I mean, who's to say what the, how much control the White House over this thing has? I don't know. When um, the CDC sort of like backtracked, it went back and forth, if you recall, in May over whether you could the unvaccinated can like do, could only go outside in small groups or maybe they could go inside in small groups or people who are only vaccinated. And then a week later, they said, ah, masks off no matter what. Um, White House said that they had no control over this. Now, I don't necessarily believe it, but maybe it's true because the political consequences of this thing that seem to seem to me, at least, to have so many more obvious downsides than immediate upsides, that maybe they are hostage to their own bureaucracies. Maybe they are captive by the public health officials who have been lobbying publicly and gracelessly, in my view, for the CDC to reverse itself on cable news and in any venue that will have them. Maybe they are hostage to these decisions, and maybe the public health bureaucracy does take the lead here over the elected officials that we empower to govern us. Maybe that's the truth, and if that's the case, then the Biden administration is on a ride that they can't control and we'll find out where it lands in November of 2022. But if this, if this, these conditions prevail then, that prevail now, I cannot imagine the tailwind for Republicans won't be serious and profound. That's Noah Rothman. Uh, commentary.org. Check out his work, Noah C. Rothman, on Twitter. Noah, I appreciate you. Thank you for taking the time. There's a lot to get to, including conversations about The new socialism, that's what people are calling it, right? You have Democratic lawmakers talking about basic income, even if people aren't working, free health care, free college, so much more. And every night this week, Rob Schmidt is on Newsmax pushing back on the new socialism and its leaders like Representative Ocasio-Cortez and Senator Bernie Sanders. President Biden's spending programs are costing trillions. Inflation is going up. If you care about your money, you want to watch Rob Schmidt tonight at 10 p.m. Find out why socialism doesn't really work and what it can actually cost you, which is a lot. Get Newsmax TV on all major cable systems, and if your operator doesn't carry it, call them and demand Newsmax, or you can switch. You can find Newsmax for free on most streaming systems like Roku, Samsung, LG, Pluto, Zumo, and more, or you can download the free Newsmax app on your phone and watch it anywhere. More than 30 million Americans trust Newsmax. You should be watching Newsmax today.